0: So I've been having an issue with (laughs) the recording program for like 30 minutes and I think I got it fixed, but like that almost totally killed my mood because I was like prepared to share a joke. I'm like prepared. Well, it's not a joke actually, but it's a story that I thought was hilarious. And I feel like telling a story that's funny in the midst of laughing about it is funnier than telling a story that you know is funny if you tell it the right way, but not being in the mood to tell it. So maybe I'll tell it later. I'm not sure. I'm actually like (laughs) super peeved by this because I was feeling so great. I was feeling excellent. And that totally killed the vibe I had going. Um, now I'm saying, um, and I'm a little flustered because I wrote something down and I'm unable to find it. Oh, okay. Um, right. So I wanted to read a couple of pieces that I have recorded on, um, my SoundCloud because they're... Weird and part of something that I'm going to be doing. Um, so the one is called "By the Lake Number One," and the other one is an untitled lament. I don't know if it's going to ever have a title. Sometimes titles come to me later. Sometimes they come to me first, and the content or the the substance doesn't come until much, much later. <laughs> uh, so. Um, the first one is going to be the Untitled Lament because as I was writing the Untitled Lament, I got the idea for By the Lake Number One and I started working on that actually and then I finished the Untitled Lament. So I thought that was kind of cool. I am kind of into discussing my process because it fuels the ADHD desire to over explain everything, and I think the way my brain works is really cool and something to be celebrated and marveled at obviously, <laughs> no, to be um to be considered you know as a as a way of thought I think that sometimes. We can be so set in how we interact with the world and how the people who we know really well interact with the world. We can miss out on getting the opportunity to understand something from someone else's perspective. So that being said, the Untitled Lament. And once I finish the Untitled Lament, I'm going to show which part, I mean, it'll be pretty obvious, I think, which part inspired then. <laughs> See, I'm already over explaining when I, when the premise is over explaining, I'm over explaining the over explanation. Isn't that great? Okay, so it's going to be obvious, obviously. And I hate that I've already said it's going to be obvious, because that takes away from how obvious it is. And I feel the need to say that because as you do not know, or as you may know now because you've read the description, I had decided to do this first round of episodes as a one take. So I'm not going to do any editing. I think that's kind of refreshing. You can kind of hear my frustration some of the time as I try to grasp for words, the correct words out of my mind, because words and ideas kind of swarm around like a tornado swarm swarm around in kind of a tornado fashion in my head. And (laughs) basically, it's like the ideas and the words I get a chance to grasp a hold of. First of all, I have to hold on to them tightly because they want to fly away again. Right. And then I also have to just take what I can get because I'm not able to grasp as many as I would like to, and string them into a coherent, <laughs> uh, neurotypical, you know, in air quotes, uh, pattern of thinking. Because I've mostly had to do that most of my life, which was take my thought processes, take my thought, take my thought process, translated into neurotypical thought processes, and then share that with people. So imagine how long that takes in your head. It it adds a f- it adds a few more seconds and in those few seconds people have already decided that you're dumb. <laughs> that's That's actually sorry that laugh was like super loud. It went into the red on the on the recorder anyway. Um that's that's the truth. In those couple of seconds that it takes to translate it, people have decided that you're dumb and then even if you string together the most eloquent neurotypical thought process you've encountered, no one is listening because they've decided that you're dumb and what you have to say is not important because you are dumb. Isn't that something? So anyway, back to this. And obviously this is already here I go again. And obviously, this is already recorded on my SoundCloud. This is just going to be a different reading of it. Hopefully, I don't make any mistakes because mistakes throw me off, which is how I have lived basically most of my life, not achieving or going after any of my dreams. So, Untitled Lament. Singing for the sake of singing is a burden to me now. There are no songs sung that capture the ache of my heart. I lack the faith of my ancestral kin who jumped to their deaths from the bowels of ships, who crossed the seven seas in arcs of triumph and divine right. I long to gather with the ancestors. Maybe then a song for the sake of music would heal the pain of my heart. How would it be were I to gather with my kin instead? Would our hearts beat as one? My heart within says nothing. I close my eyes to imagine a world where we never separated, where a person like myself could lift up their voice to sing and at once be met with the chorus of voices singing in harmony. Were the song full of the faith brought by our dark past, perhaps I could remove the glass from my neck and join the proletariat. But alas, my treachery has befallen upon me the fate of Judas. By the lake, number one. Ache of my heart, I would rather you attack than leave me here in this wretched state. Loss of a lover or child cannot compare, though I have neither. Pain takes me under the surface of its moist embrace. It was done in the light and I hoped there it might stay, blindingly bright for all to see but not face to face. I have betrayed myself to the core of my mortal body where joint and marrow separate. Leave me here to wilt and wither. They will cut me from the vine and I will blow away like the chaff. Before I am pruned, I will say to the root, I no longer have need of it. And in my words, capture the very relief I desire, an unending death. So, clearly those are related As I was writing about a song, you know, not having a song to describe the ache of my heart, I thought, well, why don't you give it a try? (laughs) Uh, So I did. You know, I'm more of a poetry as prose person. Uh, The Untitled Lament is just that it's a lament, it's not a poem. I write a lot of things that I consider Psalms, Laments, and Songs. <laughs> so there's this really funny John Mullaney quote. I'm sorry if he still cancelled question mark. But um he has this joke about Psalms. It's a word you're meant to miss here because of because it sounds just like songs. Anyway, it's very really funny. It's a very Catholic joke. Um, because as many people know, John Lainey was Catholic, as was I. And I find his Catholic jokes very entertaining. Anyway, so uh, the ache of my heart. And I just thought, you know, what could I express in this moment about how my heart is aching, right? And I was in a park by a lake. So I decided that when I go to that particular park to write, I will dedicate some time to writing another song, possibly also about heartache, I'm not sure. Maybe to describe the heartache I'm experiencing at that time, I haven't decided, but this is something fun I want to do. And eventually I want to have a collection of by the lake songs, right? That'd be cool. So it's a challenge that I'm doing for myself. Um, Something else about the untitled lament that I think is really cool. And I'm actually, I'm not going to be able to look it up because the typing noise is going to irritate me uh, because my nails are too long right now. And, you know, ADHD slash, hmm, is it also autism? I'm not sure. So it has to do with the way the nails sound against the keyboard at this length versus when they're at my preferred shorter length. And the sound is different and the pressure that I have to put on my finger is different and I can feel it. It's I don't know how to explain that, but it just is what it is. So anyway, I'm at the end or towards the end of the, well, the last stanza, I guess, as it were, of this Untitled Lament. It says... Were the song full of the faith brought by our dark past, perhaps I could remove the glass from my neck and join the proletariat. And that is a reference to an episode of Black Mirror. It's one of the episodes, I think, from the first season where it's the people who are earning merit points by exercising. And the love interest, which so many podcasts can be written about the nuance of everything (laughs) in (laughs) anyway, uh, the nuance of everything. So, you know, that's that episode where, you know, they're doing that and the girl, Oh, spoiler alert. Sorry. Uh, also I'm a person who enjoys spoilers. So anytime you would like to spoil something for me, please do. I, I, I won't mind. Uh, so, The girl, you know, she gets to do, she does the one thing and that was her escape. And so he also decided, well, he did, he decided to escape in a different way, but was then offered an alternative to his escape. Now for me in my life, the question is, do I stay who I am and escape in a way that's for the people? with the glass to my neck, or am I a person who, on the flip side, am I going to escape into the bourgeoisie, for lack of a better reference in this exact moment in time, Um, and for the sake of time, I don't wanna be paused for 30 minutes thinking of the exact right word. Um, So, you know, to escape who I am or to escape and become part of the bourgeoisie, well, to escape who I am, yes, obviously, and be a person who performatively puts the glass to my neck. You know what I mean? So I just think that's an interesting question to ask oneself. And the imagery of the first time you see it happen on that episode, and then the next time you see it happen. Those are two very different moments. And it's like, what kind of revolutionary do I want to be? What kind of my own self do I want to be? And that's a great question for me right now. Because In my attempt to be in rebellion to the systems at every level, have I given more to the narcissism that runs our society in thinking that my voice is important? Is this catharsis? Is this helpful to me? I'm not sure. We'll see, I guess. Well, not I guess. We will see. (laughs) We, we certainly will see. And so, you know, that's a question for you. If you're a listener, if you've listened, if you've been listening, what kind of glass builder will you be? Not that either is bad. On one hand, there's performative wokeness. And if you have a Judeo-Christian background, you may be able to associate that with, um, unfortunately I'm unable to tell you which person in uh, the New Testament of the Bible would, or had said this particular thing, but something like, you know, even if they are preaching the name of Christ for monetary gain, which surprise they are, isn't that all the more good because the gospel is being preached either way? Now, you can definitely look at that as a pro-capitalism take <laughs> um, that, you know, that they're stating at that, you know, way back then that people might use to justify um, the horror of capitalism, right? Like, or the horror of capitalism in the Christian church, I should say, because that is is literally peddling the gospel for financial gain. And is the gospel of the Bible still being preached? Yes. Is that good for society? Huh. Not sure, you know. <laughs> so, okay, and so that's a tangent I just went on and I have no written material to fall back on. To get myself back on track because that was all off the dome if you can believe it it's endless with me folks unending talking so let me see if i can continue talking and then work my way back to what my freaking point even was um talking about whoever in the bible said that um, oh oh so the people who do the performative glass wielding you know do they serve a purpose? Are they people who can stoke the small fires of people watching? And then will those people watching then go out and do? Right? Or is the trigger warning taking of one's own life, sorry, is that more Noteworthy is that, and and not necessarily the physical taking of one's life, but kind of the a, a metaphorical taking of one's life, where you forego your future status as basically a human being on this planet and speak truth. The power that is a type of trigger warning suicide, a social suicide, as it were. You know, with. <laughs> on the rise due to population is the social merit system in communist China. So for some reason, I want to say communist China. And then I also then want to say fascist United States of America, because that's where we are right now. Oops. Um, And, you know, just kind of classify all governments as what they really are. And I have a few more in mind, but I don't want to further polarize anyone. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But um, that's a type of death that one puts themselves at risk for in this life, unfortunately. And so it's like, which thing is better? Which thing will move people forward You know, because there's this idea in fascist United States of America where there has been a lot of progress in this particular country. And it's actually very interesting for me to talk about this at this time because so much of that quote-unquote progress that we've had over the last 50 years has literally gone away overnight. And... For me, it begs the question, if they were so fragile to begin with that this could happen, did we really have them in the first place? And now I've gotten myself off on another tangent and I can't get back to it. So what even was I talking about? I was talking about the metaphorical death that one person may have to go, um, oh, and I'm talking about um, the rights that we did have, but the rights that we've lost. Oh, and that people are saying, oh, okay, so progress, right. So, you know, people are saying that the progress we've made has, you know, gone away overnight. And I really do want to know, what real progress have we seen? Because, there has been a continual non-stop unrelenting attack from what is now being called deep ultra MAGA or whatever, but really is just white supremacy without the masking. Let's just call it what it is. So white supremacy, you know, without the masking. And so it's like, there's been this idea that we have made all this progress but what i'm going to what i'm going to suggest is that what's what's really been happening is that since the foundation of this country i'm going to call it a country because there is i'm going to call it a country and i'm going to say air coast because there is a much better word for what this is and country is not the word okay maybe i will find it in time to make a little note Probably not. Don't bet on it because here we are losing our train of thought again. Okay, so uh, shoot the rights. Okay, so I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to give an analogy. God, and it's so hard to give an analogy for some reason. Okay, here we go. Since the foundation of this place that we live, the fascist United States of America, we have been at a red light. We've been sitting at a red light since Cristobal Colon had to leave his home country and go beg the Catholic Spanish for the money to sail to the new world since then the northern part of you know so I'm talking about just I'm only really talking about the United States of America so because a lot of my education While not limited to just the United States, a lot of that I've been looking at a little more recently, so it's more fresh in my mind. So I'm going to talk about just the United States. So since people, since those people came to the United States, came to this land, and since it's been in the workings to become the United States of America that it is today, and let's be honest, that's been in the works the whole time, okay, we've been at A red light, a red light, a traffic signal. The progress that's been made is like when you're sitting at the light, you're anticipating it turning green. And so because of your anticipation, you begin to slowly move forward toward the car in front of you or toward the intersection. The light has not turned green. In fact, the opposing traffic is still going strong and their light isn't even yellow. Okay. Yet you're inching forward to this traffic signal that's telling you, you cannot go. You, you cannot go, this, this light's red. However, it's not necessarily illegal, and it's not necessarily in me, the red light's negative interest. It's not against my interest to allow you to inch forward toward the signal light, right, toward the red light, toward the intersection. However, if you get too close out, I'm definitely going to make sure that my security, which is the police in this analogy, stop you before you can cross the red light because that's too far. That's, that's illegal. You, you can't do that. You can inch all you want, but get out into my intersection. That's a problem. Okay, so that's where we are. That's where we are. I was just reading something today about the 50,000 convicts that the United Kingdom sent to the Americas um, in the span of like, I think, less than 75 years. I can't remember. Started in the 17th century. So in the 1800s at some point, obviously that's redundant, but some people don't know. So I do redundancy for the folks, for the people. And anyway, just, just think about that. 50,000 convicts. This is before they started to send them to Australia, because I'm not sure what happened with the American colonies, but they decided we needed a new place to send criminals. Let's send them to Australia. And now you have everything that's gone on in Australia. And, and what, what kind of damage to, to, the, to the United States colonies? The the colony, the 13 colonies during that period of time when we're just forming states, what was the population? I'm not sure. 50,000 convicts. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the United States government today saying we are going to release 50,000 convicts out into the street? There would be riots. People would have literal pitchforks people will have literal pitchforks, 50,000 convicted persons, not 50,000 people who were, you know, good guys in the wrong place at the wrong time, 50,000 convicted criminals, 50,000, you know, like when they used to send troubled boys to the military, To get their acts together. Anyway, I'm getting upset and my mouth is getting dry. So I'm going to stop here because I've said everything I intended to say. Let me check my very brief notes. Bloop, bloop. Oh, so this is the last one for a little bit. It's been real and cool. I'm going to take a break of about uh, four days because my original plan was to do four Groups, Okay. I don't know why I'm going to explain it like that. To do a six episode, <laughs> to do a six, really, to do six episodes every quarter. And I'm obviously way behind on my quota. So in an attempt to make up for that, uh, in ADHD turns, I'm just gonna, in ADHD turns, I'm just going to continue doing it at the pace that I'm doing it. Okay, great. Okay. Bye. I hope this was helpful, informative, radical radicalizing question mark? Probably not though, right? Maybe though.